Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the 12 Days of Dishmas. I'm Paul Verhoeven. I'm Tegan Higginbotham. And Paul, we're already on day 11. I know. I'd say thank God, but that will betray just how tired we are because it's been <laughs> such a big year. And one of the goals with this show was to really end things with a bang. It's not so much a bang as a series of screams. <laughs> Paul, it's not been a series of screams, but you know what? You are touching on something very important, which is that people are exhausted. Mm. And to everybody listening to this episode today, I just want to say... December is exhausting this year. Oh, my God. And nobody's allowed to complain about it because we're all in exactly the same boat and we're all meant to be super happy because we're all out of lockdown now. But, God, it is exhausting. So please look after yourselves this Christmas. And, you know, Emmy Lou was on the on the show talking about keeping things simple. Mm. Oof, I have changed my tune. I am in the simple camp now. I was going to go so hard. I'm pairing it back, Paul. I'm pairing it all back. But I tell you what. Our guest today is a man who has every right to be absolutely exhausted, but he is still the same delightful, exuberant bubble of energy that he always is. He is a man that I'm very proud to call a friend. And in fact, I have thought of him that way since the very first time I met him. And on today's episode, you're going to find out why. He is a comedian, satirist, musician, writer, incredible radio presenter. In fact, he is the host of Breakfast with Sammy J. Whoops, I just gave away his name. You better bloody believe it. Today on the show, we've got Sammy J. And I just couldn't be any happier. Sammy J, welcome to Dish Island. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me here on the island. That's all right. One thing I've never really asked you is whether you're a Christmas fan. Are you are you a big Christmassy person? Well, that's tricky to answer because the phrase big Christmassy person conjures up all sorts of negative images and stereotypes. So I would have to say no out of self-defense, but I'm certainly somebody who likes Christmas. I look forward to Christmas. And like everyone else, I'm also delighted when it's over. So I'm probably right there smack bang in the middle. <laughs> you were somebody this year when all of us were in lockdown, you were still going into work every single day, toiling tirelessly to bring smiles to our faces each morning. But I can imagine that you're also looking forward to the break more than most people. I am. And uh, I mean, those days you just spoke of were riddled with disappointment for me because not once did I ever get pulled over by the police to show my little permit of work i've had it for two years and not once did i uh, so i was trying to look more and more dodgy as i came in like i'd ride my bike sometimes in, in melbourne through the empty streets all in 2020 and 2021 just looking like i was up to no good but nothing so yes it has been quite the year of it quite looking forward to a break and uh christmas in all its joys and stresses will be a nice nice little chance to unwind you know what i'm saying yeah yeah sammy i gotta ask what was christmas like growing up in the j household i know <laughs> <laughs> it's the mcmillan household i know i know i know. I know, I know i'm trying to keep it on brand you know <laughs> uh well what was <laughs> um it was uh, 
like anyone who had a childhood, some things I look back on and uh, can't really remember, but it was certainly a thing that happened. The main memory I have is driving up to my grandmother's house where she would often have the best presents and would often be asleep in the car. And I remember getting at one point a large lion toy, which I cuddled then for a a good four or five years, you know, right throughout the parental separation and and so on uh, in the years that followed. But Christmas to me was, it was, I'm realizing as I say it out loud now, it wasn't like positive or negative. It was something I think I looked forward to, but I don't have like, I can't give you a specific tradition where, oh, well, of course, Christmas Eve, my father always brought down the big Santa book and read us a tale as he sat on his knee. It was, you know, largely a case of, you know, desperately waiting for our rollerblades and fighting over Super Mario Kart. But in that, we found the joy. Well, that just, I mean, that still sounds lovely. I, I have to admit, though, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say, no, I am. I'm actually a little bit surprised because you are just this embodiment of cheer and goodwill. Like, I feel like if there's been anybody on our entire season who is the personification of Christmas, it would be you. You know, you're the person who I'd roll out to my friends and family to be like, look, be happy now. Uh, No pressure. And and as you know, I do also own uh, 12 flying reindeer. And so you are right about one aspect of My um, daughter, my six-year-old, last night we were playing, uh, and I guess this brings some Christmas festive cheer into it, sort of doing, I guess, for want of a better word, parlour games over dinner and doing guessing games. And and she was being an animal. And and we were saying, well, are you, um, what sort of, are you a farm animal? And she's saying, uh, no. And we're saying, well, can you fly? And she said, yes. And we said, well, do you have wings? And she said, no. We're like, oh, great. The six-year-old has clearly mucked something up. Now we've got to go through a charade where she's just <laughs> not going to be a real animal. Anyway, it got to the point at the end of a long guessing game, she was a reindeer. And it was beautiful because all her logic made sense because she said someone owns me but I'm not Australian and um and I live where it's cold but I don't have wings and I can fly and it was a beautiful Christmas moment where for her this was and for all the children listening this is very much true reindeers can fly well Christmas of course it is the time to eat and Sammy one of the fondest memories I have with you actually it's it's about three or four memories is that the first few times I met you when I was still very young in the industry and I didn't know a lot of people you would always offer me food. I don't know if you remember this, but it was this weird thing in my head. Once it was a burger, you were you were standing out front of, it was one of the tents uh, out near Federation Square. I was performing in there with Adam McKenzie and Rob Lloyd, and you had this burger, and would you like, would you like a bite of my burger? And it's like, who is this person? And yes, I would. Um, Wait, you just took a stranger's burger? Well, he was full. And then the next time you had chips and you offered me chips. And I don't know if you just do this with everybody or if I just got you on a good day, but you were always very kind with your food sharing. Well, that is lovely to hear. I do have, I remember that I would, I would always hold out food. I guess I've done it less in COVID times because, first of all, I haven't seen a lot of people and, secondly, I might be giving them a deadly infection. But, <laughs> yes, I, I think, you know, I, 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 I've always enjoyed um chipping away at the fabric of normal behaviour. So whether that's me just, you know, dropping my pants down to my underpants at a pedestrian crossing when I'm with a friend just to make them laugh or whether it's just, you know, sharing food at strange times. That's it's my thing, anything that just breaks up the normal rhythm of life. So I'm, it is genuinely delightful, Tegan, to think that you have a positive early memory of me and not a negative one. <laughs> You're saying that you offer people food as a subversive act. Is this punk? Well, it, quite possibly. I think perhaps it's always a little bit of testing, like, okay, I like absurd humour. I like things that aren't normal. So this is an easy way of testing whether someone is on my wavelength because 
what next, then I would be probably suggesting that we all just, you know, as I've been known to do, let's see if we can fit three people onto a bicycle and ride from Melbourne to Richmond for fun times as well. I mean, <laughs> we're talking early 20s, early noughties, you know, crazy days, you know, not, not the post-parent sort of broken man I am today. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this was such a, a well-thought-out thing in your head that you were pushing boundaries and I was just like, free food, yeah. <laughs> Well, yes, and, and uh, I, I wish I had more um, both, well, I, I wish I had a, a proper and easy to explain rationale, but I really think like anything I was ever doing around the festival times or on stage at the Hi-Fi Bar, it was really either seeking attention, friendship, friendship or, or a laugh, and my, mainly and often the three of those rolled into one. But your branding is so interesting because in their 20s, typically speaking, people I knew around that time were like, I want to do drugs. I want to break things. You're like, I want to get on a penny farthing and swan around and offer people (laughs) comestibles. Like, that is so utterly charming. I, I like in you, and uh, you know, you, the older you get, the more you sort of learn about yourself, sort of in retrospect. And so I sort of feel like almost the first half of my life was just setting up weird jokes for me to enjoy as an adult. Because I, I set up, I, I, I used to in year 10 bring picnic rug to school and organize like picnics, and I'd bring like a little tea set and 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 set it up and invite a different person from the year level to picnic with me. And I was like, it was sort of bulletproof. It was the early start of my comedy career probably because I just didn't give a shit what people thought. I, I enjoyed that it made people uncomfortable because there was no reason for it. There was no, uh, I was not trying to get anything out of it other than obviously a bit of attention. Um, but I enjoyed the puzzled look on people's faces. And and um, I guess that's, uh, we could draw a straight line from that moment to me offering you a burger, Tegan, in the early hours uh, outside a dodgy venue. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I got a lot from it. Back then I did go, this person is friend, which is good. And that mm-hmm. that has turned out to be true. You've been a mm-hmm. very lovely person to have in my life in the comedy industry. But I did also think he doesn't love food that much because no <laughs> good person gives food away. I mean, this is one of the big debates through our entire series of Dish Island is whether sharing is good or not. Are you a big foodie? I love my food dearly, but I've never been someone who obsesses over fine food and things and even having this chat with you today i'm still already nervous that you're going to ask me something specifically you know uh, high level cuisine based whereas i'm very much a simple man who loves a lunchbox more than anything in the world i love having food easily accessible and tasty and nutritious that allows me to continue on my day and if it's gives me pleasure along the way all the better for Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So what was in your lunchbox growing up? Or, or rather, if budget was no, was, no, was no issue, what would be in your dream lunchbox? Are we talking like, is it just roll-ups? Are there little snacks? Like how? how... Little snack. Bless your cotton oh. socks, Paul. Remember the little snack? I that... do remember the little snacks. I didn't like them. No, no one did. That's the terrible secret. But Sammy, what was in your lunchbox? Or what would you want in your lunchbox if you could crack one out today? Well, the two questions, Paul, are the one answer because <laughs> money is not needed for my dream lunchbox. Okay. And I will start by saying the Dunkaroos, which was for those of us who couldn't pronounce La Snack, it was the small 
kangaroo that you dipped into a sickly sort of uh, strawberry or banana or cherry flavoured uh, concoction. Um, and uh, to which, well, I grieve it's lost to this day. Um, <laughs> a, having become, and this is a whole probably extra episode for us to dish out on in future, a vegetarian coming up to five years ago um, that, of course, uh, sways many of my food choices away from the carcass of an animal. Uh, and so these days I will enjoy a peanut butter sandwich or a Vegemite and cheese sandwich in the lunchbox, which I occasionally pack to bring to work. Uh, a selection of nuts, <laughs> which I find really handy. And then always something sweet along the lines of a little bit of cake, banana bread or a sweet muffin. And that is all so tragic, but entirely true. You have the dietary requirements of a 1970s geography teacher. <laughs> That's the most insane thing. I've... Oh my goodness! And it's really subversive. No, this is the thing. I've... You're not cutting the crusts off those sandwiches, are you? Because I'm just picturing. No. Some... No. Thank God. At least you're having. You've got an animal. Put some hairs on your chest. Wow. Uh, that's that's. I, did, that's I failed so to strange. mention. I will also include an apple in that as well. So it's a proper. Uh, you know, 1970s top of the food pyramid style lunchbox. What's your beverage of choice? Well, I do enjoy a little bit of a flavoured Gatorade. I'm not going to lie. I've been known to lash out now and then. But you're not, you, you know how sometimes you'd see a friend open the lunchbox and there's those two little grooves where you would slot. You put the, your, your Prima in there. You, oh, because we oh. had, um, we oh, they weren't called Primas. In, in what, where did you, which state did you grow up in, Sammy? Oh, I you're forget. not a popper. Yeah, I'm Victoria. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was a bo- box drink. Yeah, box drink. Once you, when I was, it is what um, it says. Once when I was ordering, um, we we didn't get uh, lunch orders in. I wasn't allowed to order lunch orders very much when I was little. Mm. Um, but one time I did make my selection, and they were. I ticked fruit box, and I was not expecting. I'm sorry, a juice. I was expecting a literal oh. box of fruit. And I was like, "Where is oh. my goddamn fruit box?" Um, oh, yeah, you sweet innocent child. I know. I didn't think that's what a mm. fruit box was. Um, okay. Th- well, then this is. <laughs> look, we're. we're we're not upset that we've had you on the show at all. That's not what I'm saying, but this is not the answer we've been getting from a lot of people. So this is making me curious about what your Christmas desert island dish could be, the one dish that you cannot live without at Christmas time. It's the same thing, just covered in nutmeg, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, I've lived a life of being mocked by those around me and having friends turn on me, but never so publicly in a podcast format. <laughs> to have the disdainful laughter of two... French-loving, high-cuisine, so-called friends turn on me for my (laughs) choice of lunchbox, but have I got a surprise for you? Have I got something to delight your ears and metaphorically wet your taste buds, which should already be wet based on where they exist? And that is Dutch butter cake. Oh, what is a Dutch butter cake? I will never know, Tegan, but... (laughs) All I know is this. When Wait, you talk you about childhood. Sammy, have you had this before or you just really wanted to try it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I have it once a year and in yeah. probably what is the most established Christmas tradition of all time, me going to my auntie's house down in Somerville every Boxing Day and she will have her friend there who is delightful, whose son I went to primary school with and so has come back into my life later in recent times. But she, mm. being of Dutch heritage, will always bring this homemade butter cake as she calls it and pretty much when christmas time hits and when the the ads go up and the billboards go up in shops 
all my mind really turns to is the fact that I'm on the countdown to enjoying Yannicka's butter cake at my auntie's house because I don't get it anywhere else in the world and I will never have anything like it again. It's the most delicious, special moment and I put cream and ice cream onto it and I take myself off to a quiet corner and for those few minutes, I am happy. That is so delightful. And I think that it sounds so Christmassy because it is doing that thing that I think all good Christmas dishes should do, which is evoking happy, lovely feelings. I'm curious about your decision to have both cream and ice cream on the butter cake. Uh, is that is that how you kind of say butter cake? Well, yes, uh, it's an accent thing. And I always, you know, uh, I'm never sure when I'm talking to Yannicka on Boxing Day, whether I'm mocking her or loving her when I call it butter cake, uh, because that's how she said it. But she has a reason to, given she has an accent. Uh, mm. So I should, I guess, say Dutch butter cake in a sort of broad Aussie term. But uh, that's the thing. As you just said, Tegan, it's for me embodies Christmas to the point where if, if, if Yannicka was to come to me in July and offer me some, I would say no, thank you, because I want it to be quarantined for that moment. It is Christmas time and I know it's Christmas because my whole body and my mouth is telling me it's Christmas. And I think it's important sometimes that we sacrifice pleasure elsewhere to be able to have the real proper moment at the right time. How big is your slice? Be honest. You mean my second or third slice? Yes. Yeah. I'm someone who (laughs) eats in moderation but goes back multiple times to the buffet table. Yeah, great. Because it's all about ratios with pie, right? Like you want... You want to you want a regular size slice with an inhuman amount of ice cream and cream, and then you just you know what I mean. You want the you know how you talk about these minerals they find in space, and it's like one teaspoon of it is like as heavy as an elephant. That's what this butter cake is like. It is so thin; it's only like two centimeters high, but it is so dense. It's like you're eating a, a I don't know something very heavy. If it's what I think it is, I think it may have quite a bit of almond meal in there, which does create that very dense sort of heavy cake. But mm. it's just so rich. It's like it's like someone took an, an almond finger, you know, the, the well-known crumbly sort of uh, version, but just mashed it with a mallet and then put 10 more on top and mashed them all down as well. So what's the flavor palette here apart from just like nuts and enough density to absorb light? Like what's the actual Christmas kind <laughs> of, what's, what spices are used? What are we actually tasting in our kind of mind mouths? This is the thing. I should, we should have got Yannicka on as well, my auntie's friend, because I do not know and she will not tell me. And she knows she's got a, it's like the character in, you know, the, the, the president of the club in Ted Lasso, who just, you know, enjoys those bickies. Like she knows that she's got me under her spell when I turn up on, on Boxing Day and she won't give me any more information. Uh, but I guess all I really taste is the cream and the ice cream by the time I've, I've, I've put them both on. And oh. to answer your query, Tegan, why not have both? Well, look, the only reason I don't have both is because I've got really sensitive teeth. So I can't do that thing where I chew through ice cream. I always have to kind of gum at ice cream like a three-year-old, um, but that's okay. Never let Tegan try any of your ice creams. She just, she lips it. It's really weird. <laughs> well, that's No, I remember cream. actually I held out an ice cream to her in 2007 and it was, it was, you know, like it was, Really odd the way she went there. <laughs> well, Sammy, all jokes aside about your delightfully quaint lunchbox, I think that Desert Island Christmas dish is absolutely beautiful. And I think it goes without saying that, I mean, I think I can say on behalf of all of Melbourne, thank you for helping us get through another really tough year and being such a source of just positivity and joy every morning for us. I'm, I, I cannot imagine how deep you needed to dig to 
to get that energy and that enthusiasm. And I think we all really, really appreciate it. And if you're a law enforcement officer out there and you see a beautiful skinny man winding his way through the streets of Melbourne <laughs> very early, please ask to see his permit. He's dying to use it. Please. And then when you peer into my vehicle, you will discover I'm not wearing pants and offering you a hamburger just because <laughs> I like to make you laugh. Bless you both. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being had. That sounded weird. Thank you, Sammy. <laughs> and have a beautiful Christmas. Well, there you have it, Paul. That was the beautiful Sammy J. What did you have in your lunchbox when you were growing up? Uh, let's see. I didn't like sandwiches because things got soggy. So in the end, it was Vitaweets with peanut butter, uh, a popper, potentially a La snack at one point. And it, what, by the way, what was that stuff in La snacks? Was it meant to be cheese? I have no idea. But every year at Christmas, my lunchbox would get a special edition, which was a small candy cane. And I know that Dish Island is meant to be a celebration of all things foodie. But can I just say here once and forever that candy canes are sh- Hey, candy canes, go f*** yourselves. <laughs> That's not a very Christmassy note to you finish the episode. You can't put that in the episode. It's in. So hang on, what was in your lunchboxes growing up? I had yogos. That's it? Chocolate yogurt. No, I mean, I had other things. Yeah, but... just loose yogurt. You open it up, it's like a swimming pool. <laughs> now, tomorrow is the very last episode of the 12 Days of Dishmas. So we are going to roll out a pretty exciting guest indeed. I mean, we've loved everybody who's been on the show this season and we want to say a big thank you to all of our guests who've been on the show this season. Paul, you spoke with these people a little while ago and very cunningly got them talking about Christmas. Cunningly. Some might say unprofessionally. (laughs) But I did it anyway because we love you so much and we wanted you to hear what these people had to say about this specific topic. We're being very vague for reasons that will become apparent. But thank you so much for joining us for the first 11 episodes of the 12 Days of Dishmas. And we will see you tomorrow for day 12. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.